0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show.
1: Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. <laughs> okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The Accurate Mortgage
0: Talking. And text line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414 799 1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's
1: Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome if you live in Menominee Falls. Well, you got rogered big time last night. Now, this has not been a surprise. The school board, at least in my opinion, a majority of them cooked up a plan a number of months ago um, with the school superintendent who decided that the fact that the school had a nickname of the Menominee Falls Indians forever, we, we can't have that because somebody somewhere is going to be offended by it. The majority of the school board did not give a rat's rump that the majority of the voters in Menominee Falls weren't with them. They did a survey of the kids at the high school. About 60% said we want to keep the the mascot nickname slash slash nickname. About 20% said we'd like to change it. About 20% did not care. Despite the fact that you had, in my opinion, overwhelming community opposition to this, despite the fact that the kids weren't on board, last night five members of the school board voted to change the nickname and to change it at the end of the school year. Let's name names. All right, one of the five voting to change the nickname, a guy named Ron Bertieri. He is up for re-election this April. So voters will have a chance to vote on whether or not he should continue on the school board should he decide to run. Two other members of the school board who voted to change the nickname, Dave Nashe and Carrie Deuce, they are, their terms expire on April, in April of 2021. But in Wisconsin, we have this provision of the law, which allows elected officials to be recalled. Remember, we've had recalls for all sorts of things. The condition of a recall is that you have to have served in office for at least one year of your term. So that means Nashe and Deuce are eligible for recall immediately so you have got one of the gang of five up for re-election if he runs again in april you've got two who are immediately eligible for recall somebody could start a recall petition tomorrow if they chose and then you have the two other members of the school board the school board president faith vanderhorst who was really kind of i think one of the architects of this and another school board member kathy oleg their terms expire in April of 2022, which means because you have to serve in office for one year before you're eligible for recall, they cannot be eligible. They cannot be recalled. You can't start the proceedings until April of 2020. So you would have to wait four and a half months. Um, I don't know. Given I think how unpopular this decision is, and I'm hearing from lots of people in Menominee Falls. Oh, what should we do? Should we hire lawyers? How do we handle this? And my answer is is no. You, you elect officials. Those officials act on your behalf. If the elected officials betray your trust, you vote them out of office when they come up for election. Or, like I say, in Wisconsin, we have the extraordinary remedy of a recall. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Two schools of thought here. Menominee Falls, I think clearly you have a majority of the school board who decided to do what they did regardless of overwhelming community opposition. That is my sense. All right, should the people in Menominee Falls take this lying down or... Should they express their anger at the ballot box in ways that are available to them under the law, namely elections and recalls, 414-799-1620? Or alternatively, is it, well, okay, this is just a battle. It's, It's not worth fighting. It's purely and totally symbolic. All right, should we simply just move on, let it go, accept this? 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620, that is the Accunate Mortgage talk and text line. How should people in Menominee Falls take this? With acceptance or should they use the power that voters have at the ballot box and through recall proceedings to make their feelings known? 414-799-1620, that is the Accunate Mortgage talk and text line. And I guess in particular, in Menominee Falls, you're gonna take this lying down. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 414-799-1620. Here's a couple texts before we go to the phone lines. Jeff, I'd go for a recall. Get the message across that hidden agendas don't fly in that school district. Hmm. All right. Jeff, ridiculous. Same thing with the tomahawk chop at the Atlanta Braves playoff game. One person complained and they stopped it. An exit poll to stadium said 92% of the fans said keep it and did not find it offensive. Yeah, the, I, I have, I have – and this is one of the reasons why the school board didn't want to do a referendum because they knew what the result would be, at least in my opinion, and that is – you know, if you had a referendum, about 70 percent of the people would say, no, it's not offensive. Let's not give in to this political correctness that's going on. Um, but but they didn't want that. They wanted to go ahead and and do it. Um, that's fine. But now, should there be consequences? And I guess that's the question. If you're in Menominee Falls, do you just say, OK, well, this is the school board that we elected. You know, we're just going to let them do what they want to do. Will in Oconomowoc. Will, you're in WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Good. What do you think?
2: Uh, I just think that they should vote them out if they disagree. I'm from Oconomowoc, so, you know, I don't have the strongest of opinions when it comes to this. But going as far as to
1: recall a school board member over something like this makes you look more offended than the other party. I'm not sure. I you, know. you, you just don't think it's worth a recall?
2: It's not worth the recall. And if you go as far as to recall
1: somebody it makes you look more offended than the people that are offended by the Indian mascot in the first place. It's just an escalation that nobody needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks for call. And that, that's clearly the path of least resistance. Like I say, um, you have one school board member who voted for this, who is, his term expires in April. So I don't know if he intends to run again or not. If he does and somebody runs against him, I I think if you make this an issue, my guess is the guy probably loses. That would be my sense um, but that doesn't change this. On the other hand, if you, if people in Menominee Falls really felt strongly about this and thought that the school board was not being representative, I mean, there there is an easy way. You, you start the recall petition, you get it on the ballot, you have the recall done, and then you have the recall election involving two others, and you do have an opportunity to switch the membership of the school board, presumably before the end of the year, so you could forestall all this if if people feel strongly enough about that ron in new berlin ron you're on wtmj
3: yeah i don't know how they would do it but i think they should follow the example of the little village of huntley illinois just over the state line um they were either the indians or redskins for years and they somebody got upset and they changed the name but they changed it to the saxons and that's been accepted ever since then
1: the Saxons, yep. Okay, <laughs> the Menominee Falls Saxons, huh. or something like that, is what you're saying.
3: Correct. Just, uh, I guess, showing that, that not everyone gets offended, you know, if they're
1: a, a, yeah. The, how about yeah. thanks you I mean, how, how about the Menominee Falls Aztecs? Huh? Would that be offensive to the Aztecs? Huh? How about the Menominee Falls Trojans? Well, would that be offensive to the the Trojans? I mean, where do you end up drawing the line? Okay. Um, that's the four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, five people making a decision for thirty seven thousand plus residents is crazy. Recall them all. Well you 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 there's a time limit on this, but you could you could certainly do this. Um, Eddie from Franklin says, Jeff, does this mean if a team's name is the Cowboys, we need to make them change that name because, you know, Cowboys were known for, uh, you know, for cre- committing atrocities towards Native Americans? Um, maybe. Jeff, change it to the school formerly known as the Indians. Well, there's a possibility there. Jeff, the school board is a disgrace to our community. The people of our village will be voting them out. Well, um, okay, well, that's I guess that's what the question is. Um, the question is going to be, you know, where? What do people do? Are people in Menominee Falls going to accept this? Now, like I say, I'm a big believer in representative government. In this particular case, I think the school board should have had a referendum. Were they under an obligation to do it? No. But you have this very, very hot button issue, and. In a situation where if you decide to do something, which in my opinion was against the overwhelming will of the public, this is one where I I think you have to be willing to accept consequences. And maybe one of those consequences is you, you... you put your political career on the line. So, like I say, I hear a lot from people in Menominee Falls who are just outraged about this, and they're talking about violent, They're talking about hiring lawyers and where are we going to file lawsuits and stuff. And my response is no. I mean that that's not it. You elected these people they made this decision, they made it very, very clear that they did not want to have a referendum soliciting your opinion on this, because like I say, the school superintendent, who's not ready for prime time, and the school board, I think had pretty much decided this. This was just a dog and pony show for the last several months, and that's fine, they get a right to do it. But that doesn't mean that if you are a voter in Menominee Falls, you just have to sit there and, and take it. You do have opportunities that somebody says. How about we change the name to the Menominee Falls Chickens? Um, yeah, that's always a possibility as well. But but here's the deal: if you're sitting out Menominee Falls today and you're hacked off at this, and candidly, if I had been a graduate of Menominee Falls High School and I had seen this political correct stuff, um, I. I, I agree. I would be hacked off as well. I admit, I still haven't gotten over dumping the Marquette Warriors nickname. All right, so that that goes back. But, you know, unfortunately, there's nothing us Marquette grads can do about the fact that the previous administration decided to get rid of the Marquette Warriors other than express our feelings in the donations that we give to Marquette. If you live in Menominee Falls, you don't have to take this lying down. That's the reality that's out there. You can you have ways to express yourself so you know don't don't send emails complaining about this mobilize my guess is it's not too hard to mobilize. The last couple weeks, I've been in some uh, some of the very populous taverns um, on on Main Street. And I will tell you, just from the overwhelming conversations that I've heard, my guess is you could get enough signatures on a recall petition by, oh, I don't know, passing them around two or three of the bars on Main Street on a Friday and Saturday night for a week or two. And if there is a recall election, I have no doubt that you're going to have members of the school board who will, in fact, be replaced. But that's where this battle is now. Are people going to step up? Are they going to say, "Look, we're tired of this political correctness. We're tired of having our voices ignored. We're tired of people running ramshot, you know, ramshackle over, you know, what we end up doing." And, and we're going to express ourselves. So here's the bottom line: I don't want to hear complaining about Menominee Falls. This is an opportunity where you've got a chance to express yourself. Like I say, one of the guys that voted for this up for re-election if he runs again in April. My guess is if somebody runs against him, his name is Ron Bertieri. If somebody runs against him on this issue and on this vote, he will lose. Two members of the school board right now are eligible for recall. If you don't like it. Well, what you end up doing is you start the recall petition. You will have no trouble getting the signatures. They'll schedule the election, you know, relatively promptly. And my guess is, you know, you still have enough time to get this on the ballot for April for the ultimate election. All these are opportunities that are present. The ball is now in the court of people in Menominee Falls to decide whether or not you are going to be steamrollered by your school board or not this was inevitable, this was predetermined, we knew what this result was going to be, and now you have a chance to stand up and say, nope, we're mad as you know what, and we're not going to take it anymore. Ball is in your court if you are a voter in Menominee Falls. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: Are you ready for one of Wisconsin's best golf experiences? Sticks Golf Bar in Germantown is your perfect golf getaway, especially when it's too cold to hit the course. From now until December 23rd, tune into my program from noon to 3 each day. Somebody will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Styx, a virtual reality golf bar. Um, I have been there on multiple occasions. I absolutely love it. It's Jeff Wagner's 12 Days of Styxmas. Keep listening for your chance to win. And what that means is... Each day that I'm here, we're going to pick one random caller, and they're going to get a $25 gift certificate to Sticks. and then we're going to have a grand prize drawing on the 23rd, I think it is. I'm not here, but whoever's here will do that, and that person's going to get uh, participation in their golf league, uh, their winter golf league. I'm playing in that. My brother and I we're playing on Thursday nights. We signed up. Looking forward to that quite a bit. Okay. All right. Here is the story. Now, now Gru, who's producing the show today and always, I Are you on Snapchat? Do you do Snapchat?
2: Yeah, but not, not frequently at all.
1: Okay. All right. So, I mean, I, I've got a Facebook account that I really don't use much. I, I do the Twitter account through work. Snapchat, now my understanding with Snapchat is one of the things that makes it distinct is that stuff you, you post on Snapchat, um, first of all, it, it's it's only available to people who are like in your friends group on Snapchat. Am I right?
4: Yeah, think yeah. of it like a text message or a video picture message that you're sharing with somebody.
1: Right, okay, only available for to friends, so you know who it's going to. And my understanding is it disappeared. Now, to the extent that anything on the Internet disappears, it, it disappears after 24 hours. So it's not out there forever.
4: Yeah, so if I were to send you a video on Snapchat, when, once you view it, you have maybe, when you're, and you're done viewing it, you have maybe like five, ten seconds to replay right. it and that's it.
1: Right. So, it, right. It's it's not out there. I mean, at least in theory, it is not out there forever. Okay. I want to tell you a story about a guy who lives in Sheboygan County. Twenty-two year old man. His name is Aaron Aaron Mauer He um, has been deployed as part of the Wisconsin National Guard. Twenty-two year old guy. So here's here's the deal. Apparently, what he does around Halloween time, is he posts a photo of himself to Snapchat. Now, again, understanding that this photo is going to be sent, it is only able to be viewed by his friends, and it's only there for a very limited amount of time. And this is the round the time of Halloween. So what he does is he posts a picture of Snapchat to himself, uh, t- post a picture of himself on Snapchat, and it's, he's, he said, he's joking around, this is his Halloween costume. Okay? The photo shows him wearing a trench coat and mask, holding an AR-15 rifle. The caption reads, coming to a school near you coming to a school near you and he's wearing a trench coat and and holding a rifle now he he doesn't post this on the internet he sends this to some of his friends now let's just let's just stop here for a second It, it is the halloween time he's 22 years old you you don't in today's day and age You know, you you don't kid around about having, you know, bombs or guns when you're waiting in the security line at the airport. There's nothing funny about school shootings and there's nothing funny about school threats. Nevertheless, you know, people do stuff that is in bad taste all the time. And particularly, if you're a little bit younger, you know, you just kind of don't think through these things. But in this particular case, it's not a phone call to a school. It's not a picture posted on Facebook. It's Okay, on Snapchat, sent to the friends. What could go wrong with this? Well, what happens is one of his friends gets this gets this, and takes a screenshot of the photo. Here's what Aaron posted. The friend then shows the photo to the police. All right. And says, well, I'd never seen him behave this way before. And, um, you know, he he just returned from being deployed overseas. I, I don't know. I don't know. So police go out and and they follow up on this and they say, "Okay, look, we've 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 got this. Um, you know, what what's going on here? The guy says, well, th- this was a joke. It went with my Halloween costume. Uh, they said, well, you know, what his costume was? And he said, well, I, I, I don't know. Um, he says a friend took the photo in Oostburg at his request. He said, yeah, the AR-15 is, is real. When a deputy explained the offense was serious and a cause for concern, the guy said, well, I, I, it's, I was just joking around. Police then go and they get a search warrant. And they search his homes. They seize various firearms, including an AR-15 long rifle that matched the AR-15 in the photo that he posted on Snapchat. So, yeah, this hes, he's it's his gun. He's holding his gun in this. All right. So what happens? They Then they find other ammunition, other guns in the guy's house, all, all legally owned. And, again, he's, he's a member of the Wisconsin National Guard. He's been deployed. The district attorney in Sheboygan, decides to bring felony charges against this young man. He charges him with making a terrorist threat, which is a felony that can bring up to three and a half years in prison. And their, their theory is, well, we're bringing this case, even if we can't prove that there was a real threat that was intended, but it was deemed reckless, the DA tells the journal Sentinel, the reckless charge doesn't mean you intended to actually create this public panic or fear. Um, we have to prove that the threat would be seen as serious expression to do harm by a reasonable person. Okay, so you got the circumstance here. Guy thinks he's kidding around. He takes this photo. He sends it exclusively to his friends. It's going to disappear. One of the friends... Then, you know, takes a picture of this, goes to the cops. The cops investigate. I think they pretty much determined that this was not a real threat in the sense that he really intended to shoot up the school or any particular school. But the district attorney charges him with a three-and-a-half-year felony anyways. 414-799-1620. That is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. All right. Was this charge appropriate? And I guess the way I analyze this is – they must have a lot of stuff to do not a lot of stuff to do in Sheboygan county what was this in bad taste it was absolutely in bad taste there, there's there's no question about it but at the same time was this immature yes it was immature was it funny no it wasn't funny at all but really it absent the fact absent any indication that this guy really intended to engage in a school sort of shooting thing, do you bring him in and charge him with a a three-and-a-half-year felony? And my answer would be, and maybe you're going to disagree with me on this, my answer would be no. You clearly investigate it. You determine whether or not this was real. Once you've made the determination that this was just a stupid young man behaving in a stupid fashion, and that's what it clearly was, you tell him, no, you can't do this anymore, and then you move on. Are we going to put this guy in prison for three and a half years? Are we going to give him a felony record based on this Snapchat, which will essentially result in him being drummed out of the Wisconsin National Guard and probably limit his ability um, to you know, make a living moving on for something like this, absent any indication that it was anything other than, a really, really bad taste Halloween thing. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's start with Chris in West Bend. Hi, Chris. Hello. Hi. What do you think? Well,
2: my thoughts are I'm very conflicted. I'm right down the middle. Uh, and for here's one side is that um, I grew up in Oostburg. I know the young man personally. I think he's actually a great guy. He served
1: our country honorably. Everybody seems to say he's a great guy. There's all these letters of recommendation and, and character witnesses and stuff who say he's a, he's, a, he's a really good guy. Yes.
2: This is true. Ask anybody from the community. Ask the teachers from our high school and our public school system. At you know, know his mom and dad, etc. On the other hand, I'm a parent. I have a fourth grader and I have a kindergartner. And anybody who plays that kind of game, whether it's a joke or not, I take it very seriously. And I'm with the lock up for three and a half years crowd on that side of it. So it's really a it's really a sensitive thing these days. And I think you know my take on the whole thing is that the young man made a really really bad judgment call.
1: Felony bad, dumb, bad there, <laughs> felony <laughs> dumb. You know, There's no question about it.
2: And you take twelve year olds and other examples from out the country who are making a kill list and, and posting that and these twelve year olds are being charged as adults may not be although maybe not as seriously with felonies and whatnot or acts of terrorism.
1: Uh,
4: well I guess see, I mean that you can't I guess the, with these days.
1: See the, the diff one of the differences to me, Chris, is the way he went about it. If this was like a, a kill list that was then distributed, or school at school, or was put up on some website that it was generally um, available to all sorts of people. I, I would definitely, I think, view it a little bit differently than one of these things. Uh, again, on a Snapchat that is supposed to be only directed to a, a, a small handful of people. So, I, I mean, to me, that's one of the factors that's out there as well. Plus, the guy wasn't anonymous about this. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, you know, he, he, you know, he, he, is it? Is it a? a Is it incredibly bad taste? It is. I guess I wrestle with the idea of, is this a crime that you you saddle somebody with a felony for?
2: Well, I think somebody in this instance, you know, people deserve second chances. This isn't somebody with a bad track record. This is somebody with an excellent track record. Right. And he comes from a great community.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for calling. And again, I, I, I'm, I'm not faulting the police's decision to investigate this. I, I get it. The friend sends this over. You go out and you ask some questions. A- and I think that's what the determination is. Was this real or was this just a bad joke? And if it as it appears to be, was this just a bad joke, in which case you say, all right, you you can't do this anymore. And, you know, my my guess is the young man has probably learned his lesson. I just don't see what you gain by prosecuting him to the fullest extent of the law. Candidly, if you want to prosecute people and hang them with felonies, I'd much rather you see them go after these 16 and 17-year-old kids that actually do make the, the threats, whether they intended to carry them out or not, that call in the bomb threats to the school or put Put the kill lists out to the school so you got to close down the schools for days as opposed to what I think is something in incredibly bad taste. And, I mean, I'm not justifying that. I'm just saying, are you really going to lock this guy up? Let's talk to Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're on WTMJ.
5: Yeah, I think the district attorney over there is just kind of an anal person with no common sense. Uh, he sent it out to just some friends, not a specific specific threat to any
2: school or whatever. It was kind of, A so-called friend turned him in. I think
1: it's just unreal. Yeah, right. I mean, right. This this was... Right. Thanks for calling. I mean, this is directed, again, at a limited number of people that are supposedly being your friends. Now, I mean, I don't know that I'm going to criticize the friend. Maybe the friend says, my gosh, this guy just got back from employment. Maybe something in that deployment. Maybe he snapped or something or whatever. And so, I mean, I think it's perfectly appropriate to go out. You know, you, you question him. You know, all right. What What was this? You know, what was this all about? And then, my, my gosh, they did a search warrant at the guy's place and they found he had guns, was legally allowed to have guns. He's, he's you know, a member of the military. That's not probably 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 a surprise. Here's a text Jeff, Eric from Random Lake. A lack of good judgment on the guy's part, for sure. But it sure sounds like the DA is trying to make a name for himself. Well, yeah, I think that that's an issue. Tim says, Jeff, it would be easy not to prosecute, and the severity may be a bit much, but what happens when this guy decides to shoot up a school in six months and we ignored this? Well, my comment would be, I'm not saying you ignore it, but you, you don't have to charge people with three-and-a-half-year felonies for, again, bad judgment. You you go out. You Once you determine that this wasn't a real threat, and that the guy doesn't really pose a danger. There's all sorts of ways that you can handle it, short of giving him a three-and-a-half-year felony. Let me just tell you this. My opinion, there's no way, if this young man decides that he wants to push this and go to trial, there is no way in God's green earth that a jury of 12 in Sheboygan is going to correct him, is going to convict him of making you know a terrorist threat under the different circumstances and with the elements. I, I mean, I, they're never going to prove it. They're never at all going to prove it, at least in my opinion. So why not just dispose of this by, if you want to give him a, a citation for disorderly conduct or something like that, I, okay, I could get behind that, you know, a civil violation or even a misdemeanor or something. But this is really going to mess with the guy's life. And, I'm, again, it was a dumb thing to do. But was it, was it also a felony? My answer would be probably not. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: So very glad to have you with us. A lot of stuff coming up in the next hour of the program. Yes, we will turn our attention to Washington, D.C. and the announcement today that the Democrats have decided on two articles of impeachment against President Trump. Um, Interesting that they chose to narrow this. The word is that a vote on this is going to be in the full House by next week, the president will be impeached, and then the matter will go to the U.S. Senate, where nothing is going to come of all this. We're going to talk about the entire thing. Tarzan becomes controversial. A bunch of senior citizens down on the south side, are they acting as NIMBYs? That's not in my backyard, people. All right, the, the big story that broke yesterday, and this is one that I, I, I just I, I've got to give full disclosure on this, because one of the most difficult things about doing a radio show in this market for as long as I have is that you you get to know people, and sometimes the people that you know end up in the news, and you have to discuss them, and sometimes you have to discuss them in a relatively unflattering way. And, and that's this story about the Wisconsin National Guard. Uh, Donald Dunbar, Major General Donald Dunbar has been, he, he's run the Wisconsin National Guard for, for years now. Um, he was the state's adjutant general since 2007. So, I mean, he's been in charge of the National Guard for a long time. But, but his, his career doesn't just start in 2007. The guy, the guy is a legitimate, uh, in my opinion, an American hero. He, he's the, he's the real, real deal. Um he's done a number of deployments, you know, over the years. He's he's a combat pilot, command pilot, over three thousand flying hours. Um he's won just an amazing number of awards. He joined the Air Force in nineteen eighty three. He flew B fifty twos. He joined the Washington Air Guard National uh in nineteen ninety one. Um he's been Overseas on multiple different occasions, he mobilized and commanded the 385th Air Expeditionary Group um, in Turkey in 2004 and 2005, supporting operations Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom. I mean, the the guy is the real deal. I I, it would be presumptuous to say we are friends. We are not friends. But I, I know him and I've introduced him at various events. Every year in May as part of Armed Forces Week, I I emcee this banquet that's put on by the the Navy group, and and, and he's been there pretty much every year, and I've heard him speak most recently at um, Operation Honor in the city of Waukesha. In uh, right around Veterans Day, right in early November, he was the featured speaker. I was the MC. So I got a chance to talk to, you know, Major General Dunbar, and he he gave a wonderful speech. Like I say, the guy is the real deal. So I I like him. I I appreciate his service to the country. At the same time, I mean, he's now out. He, He resigned apparently either yesterday at the request of the governor. And there are these huge stories about how the the, the Wisconsin National Guard has, in in handling sexual assault cases made by Guard members against other Guard members, the way they have handled it has been absolutely appalling. And, and there's just no, you, you read these reports, and it, it's almost staggering that, that something like this could be this out of hand. I mean, the, the idea that v- victims were encouraged not to cooperate with the police, the, the idea that, you know, all these um, different the steps were taken to try to you know minimize I think exposure um, it really it, you read this report and I just want to be honest with you it's it, it's kind of appalling that you know you could have that you could have something like this going on in in the Wisconsin National Guard in you know, the, this this point in time in our country it, it's 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 just horrible and as the the head of the National Guard he's responsible. I mean there's no question about it so he's now he's out and will be, you know, leaving military service. It is unfortunate. I'm sorry to see it happen. I really am, because like I say, I think this guy's a good guy, and it really he's contributed a lot to the service of this country. But something was really wrong in what was going on at the Wisconsin National Guard, and heads need to roll starting at the top. So I On a personal level, I'm sorry to see Major General Dunbar have to leave. This scandal doesn't, in my mind, take away from his accomplishments over the last several decades. But it's very clear, if this was going on during his watch, he's got to go. And Tony Evers was right in saying that he has to go. This is Jeff Wagner
0: get ready for some football it's a border battle at the frozen tundra as the green bay packers look for a win against the chicago bears our packers game day coverage kicks off with wtmj opening drive sunday at nine sponsored by catholic financial life live from the annex wealth management studios at historic radio city this is the jeff wagner show
1: and now here's wtmj's jeff wagner good afternoon Wisconsin okay so Melissa I, I don't know if you're gonna be happy about this but you you are kind of on the same side as one of our listeners who has way 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 too much time on their hands oh because <laughs> this is actually the second day I've got one of these texts from it's one person yes. which, which tells you that there's the one upset person who doesn't like that commercial I do for Pajamagram. The, for, right well okay so that's that's the issue. You say, how, how do you pronounce them, the PJs?
6: I say pajama.
1: And I say pajama. Pajama, yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> we, we have this listener. <laughs> and it, if, if you want to know what my life is like, nasty emails. Oh, no, that's because, horrible. Because tell this guy how to pronounce pajama.
6: <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing because well, I just said to you, do you say pajama or pajama? Well, it,
1: it's... And, and I guess it's interesting because I'm, I'm looking at this stuff mm-hmm. because this is one of the common debates about why people can't agree how to pronounce common common words. Yeah. And now, on the one hand, it would never occur to me that I would, if I heard somebody say either pajama or pajama on the radio, that that would be what would motivate <laughs> oh, me to go no. and send like a piece of hate text <laughs> oh, off. You know? right. but 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 okay. So that's it's always it's always interesting. <laughs> okay, so this is what really motivates you. But the the answer is. That, that either one is acceptable. The more... As I'm, I'm looking at these pronouncers and stuff. Sure. The more conventional pronunciation is apparently the way I do it. Pajama. Pajama. But, but pajama is is okay, too. I mean, it's, oh, that's it's good. just... It's,
6: it's like it's, tomato, tomato.
1: I, I, either right. one... Either one is acceptable and and okay. If you look at like the dictionary pronunciations, they appear to have it pajama with like you know yeah. You know, but but so I'm I, glad
6: you're clearing this up because I had heard you do it before and I was like, is it pajama or pajama? Well, I, I think
1: <laughs> and, and the answer is I think it's it's it's, it's either one. Mm-hmm. But I mean the the bigger picture would be, wow. I mean it, you know, <laughs> of, of all of all the different things in life that there is to get upset about. Um, you know, this, this would be the interesting one, but yeah. I think at least as nearly as I can figure out pajama and pajama are, are, okay either well, way
6: it's funny because we're friends and i, w- I was just kind of thinking that in my head i'm like is that pajama or pajama so okay. then i just said to you is it pajama or pajama <laughs> well it was funny
1: because like i say we've got this guy yeah. who two, mm-hmm. two days in a row one just one listener, two days in a row one lister no. like, Te- you teach this person how to pronounce that word <laughs> <I> love it <sighs> <sighs> what can you say so okay merry christmas, christmas <laughs> sir <laughs> that's my answer for everything this <laughs> year right that's, that's right you have yourself a nice <laughs> day you and yeah. you know get out of your pajamas one day and <laughs> You know, it's, uh, but, it, but it's funny. That's funny. Actually, they, they say you can go either way. Um, good to that's know. Right. Okay, so here's a texture. Here. No worries. Just call them PJs. Yeah. Oh, that's see, good. That's- see, I've never called them PJs. I mean, right. I, I understand what they are. I've just never called them that. So
6: pajamas, pajamas. pajamas. I call them PJs sometimes or... A night shirt? I don't know. PJ, I don't
1: know. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm sorry. I'm sticking with pajamas. That's just, that's just kind of it. You can stick with pajamas Great conversation. and we're going to go on. Absolutely. All right. Believe it or not, there are more significant things going on in the world after... All right, when President Trump got elected, to the surprise of many people, most people probably in November of 2016, immediately there were a number of folks on the losing side who decided that this was illegitimate. There's no way that Donald Trump could have beaten Hillary Clinton, and Donald Trump did beat Hillary Clinton. Over the last several years, what we have seen is this running effort to try to delegitimize the Trump presidency. Now, Donald Trump has, of course, played into that by instead of trying to soothe troubled waters, we know what he's ended up doing is he's been very, very aggressive in going back and forth. And you had the first several years of the Trump presidency that was occupied by the investigation of was there collusion between the Trump campaign and and Russia, et cetera, et cetera. Ultimately, despite the fact that there were a lot of people that were going to bet their lives that this was what was going to bring down Donald Trump, it, it ultimately failed. All right. Came to nothing, came to nothing. But rather than allow the Trump presidency, the, at least the first term, to kind of play out what you saw is, OK, we, we've got it. It's kind of like squirrel. We've got to move on to the next thing. Got to move on to the next thing. And that next thing happened to be this phone call from last July involving the Ukrainian president. That whole thing, the phone call was in July. Here we are in early December. And that has, despite the fact that the Mueller investigation went on forever and this was the first couple years, now. Something that happened last July has resulted in the announcement today that the Democrats who control the House of Representatives are going to be returning two articles of impeachment against the president. The Senate will be then asked, assuming it passes, and it will pass along pretty much party-line votes, the matter will then go to the Senate probably in early January where there will be a couple-day trial and where President Trump will not be convicted and removed from office. So that's that's how all this plays out. But after this entire thing, there are two articles of impeachment which will be returned. The first one, abuse of power. And it stems from the president's decision to withhold roughly four hundred million dollars of approved military aid from the Ukraine, allegedly until the country announced an investigation into Vice President Joe Biden. In a July 25th phone call, Trump urged the new Ukrainian president to investigate Biden and his son, who worked for the Ukraine energy company. The favor, as Trump described it, was made And then the articles of impeachment will allege, despite a lack of evidence that Biden or his son had engaged in corrupt activities, Democrats will allege that the pressure Trump exerted on a foreign ally amounted to an unconstitutional use of his office for political and personal gain. Okay. Um, flip side, though, is the aid was ultimately released And Ukraine never made an announcement to probe the Bidens. In addition, the president of Ukraine has already said that he never felt pressure to act in exchange for the aid. Okay, so the guy who was supposedly extorted says, I didn't feel I was being extorted. Ultimately, the money ended up being released. and uh, there was never a probe. OK, that is the abuse of power allegation. The obstruction of Congress allegation is based on Trump's lack of cooperation with the White House. Um, Trump has decided we're not going to cooperate with this and essentially said, if, if you want witnesses, if you want documents, we're not providing this. You're going to have to go to court and get them. And the Democrats decided that going to court and getting this was too long and drawn out a process, so they've decided to try to impeach him for obstructing Congress by asserting executive privilege or asserting the rights to go to the courts. Our number, 414-799-1620, that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. Look, we we all know, like I say, how this is going to turn out. He's going to be, quote-unquote, impeached in the House You're not going to come close to getting 67 votes to remove him. So this is all, in many respects, it's just it's it's political theater designed to try to influence the election next November. Having said that, and given the idea that removing a president from office is about as extreme a tactic, I I think is, is can happen because we have elections and and elections matter. I want to say this, impeaching Donald Trump, and I I hear this all the time, I am not the president's biggest fan. I'm not. I think he's done lots of good things. I think he's done some stuff that um, isn't so good. I disagree with him on stuff often. I find his manner to be off-putting. I wish he'd stay off of Twitter. I think um his his desire to you know roll in the sand and take on political adversaries while it appears and appeals to some of his base, I, I think it's beneath the office of the presidency. So I have issues with the president, I have issues with the way that he has conducted his office. I'll tell you though, and I say this sincerely, to remove him to try to remove him from office based on this, I think is a gross gross abuse of power i just really do and i think it's opening the doors we will come to regret this day because this moves impeachment into a whole different level and if we're going to start impeaching and trying to impeach presidents based on stuff they do that might have a benefit on themselves politically later on Well, what you're going to do is I guarantee you every president is going to be subject to impeachment. Now, it's not going to happen in this case because you don't have enough votes in the Senate. But this is a very, very dangerous precedent that I think the people who are behind this are going to come to regret sooner or later. Just like the Democrats regret changing the rules in the Senate to do away with the filibuster, they wanted to get their judges through, they changed the rules, they opened the door, and now they're complaining that, gee, we we can't block these appointments. I think that the Democrats who've launched this Don Quixote tilting at windmills effort for political gain, I think they're going to regret it, and I don't think this is a basis to remove the president. If their voters want to remove him, and they may well might, that's next November. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. This really just seems to me to be, and again, I, I'm i critical of, of Trump. I'm critical about a lot of the things he does. But this just strikes me as, hey, we've been running around for three years. We're trying to throw stuff against the wall, hoping that something is going to stick, and we're hoping that this is going to stick. And I don't think it's going to. And I think it's bad for the country. And I think it's going to be bad for future presidents. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line.
0: You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Jeff, I'm not sure what the fascination is for impeaching the president from a Democrat perspective. According to them, he would be the easiest to beat in an election, right? If you impeach him, you're looking at potentially going against a much less polarizing Republican next year. No, I mean, look, let, let's understand what's going on here. I mean, let, let's let's understand this. This is it is political theater, and impeachment is a is a political act. The Democrats think that especially with their allies in the mainstream media, that this is going to be and has been a 90 to 120 day election commercial, a free commercial, you know, against Donald Trump. And I don't think they care if he's ultimately removed or not. They think this is going to weaken him. I'm not sure that's the case, because I think candidly what's happened is people have become so entrenched on either side that. Everybody or almost everybody who voted for Donald Trump before, they're, they're mad that Trump is being removed or they're trying to remove Trump for this. And I think they're going to vote for him again. Now, does that mean you're going to be reelected? No. As I've said repeatedly here, I think the reelection depends on who the Democrats choose to run uh, against him. I'm just saying I think this is weak tea. And I'm getting people who are saying, well, you think it's OK to put party above Constitution? All right. Well, just just be careful what you wish for Barack Obama. In his first term, tells Russia, well, hey, look, j- just, just go easy with me on this missile defense stuff until after I get out, after I win the election, after the next election. Alright, that, that's, that's political. That's using foreign policy and the power of the president to try to, again, Put yourself in a more favorable light for the election. Is that something that's going to be removable? And, and this is one of the things that I think at the end of the day, I was talking to some people last night and, and they keep saying, okay, explain to me, you know, what was the high crime and misdemeanor? And, and don't presidents do stuff for political benefit all the time? And I say, yeah, they, they do, including in the area of foreign policy. Moreover, What you have happen is at least a a lot of times, you know, presidents will engage in foreign policy for political purposes and they'll actually carry through with stuff. Okay, in this particular situation, President Trump, uh, the, the, the money, the money went to the Ukraine. And there was never any sort of investigation that was conducted. I mean here's the bottom line. I know that there's a lot of you out there that think that Donald Trump is just he's the Antichrist Christ, that he that he's corrupt, he's venal, he's not worthy of being president. I respect that. I understand it. I respect that position. But that, that doesn't mean that that's a basis for removing people from office because you don't like them or you don't agree with them or you think that they're a, a crook or you think that there's this or that or the other thing. That's why elections have consequences. That, I think, is the reality that's out there right now. And, and look, we all understand that it's not going to be he's not going to be removed from office. I don't think based on these charges that he should be removed from office. Jeff, he withheld aid for personal gain. How is that hard to comprehend? Well, first of all, you don't know that he withheld aid. Secondly, he didn't withhold aid. The aid got released. Third, what, what does personal gain mean? I mean, that that's it. What is the personal gain? It's not like they put money in his pocket. Oh, this is going to benefit him politically. Okay, that is that now personal gain? Be careful going down that route. Was Barack Obama, then guilty of an impeachable offense when he says to Russia, here, you know, we're, we're going to just let's stall this missile defense thing until after the election, because, you know, if this becomes an issue now, it, it could be used against me. OK, you know, did Lyndon Johnson commit an impeachable offense when he committed tens of thousands of troops to Vietnam because he didn't want to be the only president who had ever, quote unquote, lost the war? What what exactly does personal gain mean? I just say this for all those of you who hate Donald Trump. Be careful. Be careful where you go, because there's going to be a Democrat president either, you know, next year Or Four or five years after that, there will be a Democrat president sometime and there will be a Republican Congress. And do you want every decision in the aid aid of either foreign or domestic policy that tends to benefit your Democrat president? Is that going to be a basis for impeachment? Be careful about opening Pandora's box. The Nixon thing, sure, it's obstruction of justice. There's an illegal act committed, a burglary, and, you know, you decide to engage in a cover-up. People understand that. But a lot of the people pushing for impeachment, I mean, they were on the other side when Bill Clinton, you know, perjures himself, actually does commit a crime. But they thought, well, okay, this isn't significant enough to remove someone. Trump isn't going to be removed. I know that's not satisfying to some people. But on these charges, I don't think he should be removed. You want to remove him, you vote him out next November. This is Jeff Wagner.
4: More Jeff Wagner right after this. Want a financially secure retirement? Hi, Rick Edelman here. Let me tell you how we do it here at Edelman Financial Engines. We start with helping you figure out how much income you'll need in retirement. Next, we look at your pension and Social Security income, and finally, your savings and investments. As part of all this, we consider when you want to retire, your life expectancy, and your spouse's age and life expectancy, too. We look at inflation, taxes, and investment rates of return, and very important. We ask how you feel about leaving money to your kids and grandkids. There's a lot to consider, and if you've never tackled the topic of retirement security before, it can be a little intimidating. That's why you should come talk with us. At Edelman Financial Engines, we're experts at retirement planning, and we can help you make sure that your retirement is exactly what you want it to be, well-funded. So call us at Edelman Financial Engines, 888 plan Rick. That's 888 plan Rick. Or visit us at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Jeff Wagner on
0: WTMJ. All
1: right, as I said before, every once in a while we get these stories that just make my head want to explode, and I confess this is one of them. All right, William Rice Burroughs wrote a very, very successful series of books starting in 1912. So we're talking about over a 100 years ago, um, featuring the character Tarzan. So the first story was Tarzan and the Apes. The, the story is about the life of a young boy who is left to fend for himself in the jungles of Africa after his parents die. The boy is taken in by a female gorilla who names him Tarzan, or which apparently means white skin. All right, that, that's the history of this. And there were a whole series of, of Tarzan novels. You know, Tarzan. You know, who's raised by the the gorillas, grows up with the gorillas, and then you know interacts with. With, he ultimately ends up meeting various hunters who come and he gets involved with Jane. You've got Tarzan and Jane and, and, and you had the series of, of books in the Tarzan series. And that then led to a series of Tarzan movies. And, and Tarzan has been a character on, you know, in on the international stage, you know, since 1912. Now, what happened is in 1999, Disney, Disney, Walt Disney, decided to revive the Disney, the Tarzan character, and they came out with an animated film. Now, this was a Disney production, so it was incredibly sanitized. Um, you know, there, for example, for this this movie that they had, and it was a musical. There were no native people. It was a plot centered on family and acceptance, etc., etc. Then there was a musical adaptation, a play, of this Disney movie that was done in 2006, and uh, Phil Collins... Ended up doing a lot of of the music. Okay, so 2006, you've got the musical of the animated Disney 1999 Tarzan movie. And I think it is fair to say that to the extent, you know, sometimes you go back and you you read books, you read Mark Twain. And you, you read Twain, and you see some of the references he made, and, and he was a, a product of his time. And you say, okay, well, maybe by 2019 standards, some of the language that's used and some of the concepts that are used in some of these pulp novels, well, they're, they're just not politically correct. They're not acceptable now. They've got stereotypes. They've got arguably racist tones, things like that. Okay, maybe you can make that argument. You know, we've had that debate. For example, remember, Shorewood High School decided that they, they couldn't do To Kill a Mockingbird because, you know, the, the text of the play had the N-word in it. Regardless of what the context was, regardless of the historical significance, we couldn't say that. So you had this huge controversy. All right, the, the musical, the 2006 musical, based on the animated Disney movie Tarzan, has no politically incorrect overtones at, at all. All right? Let's just be real clear about that. And if you've ever seen that animated movie in 1999, you know it. It's a Disney product. It's completely and totally sanitized, and it is family-friendly. So, Jeff, why are we talking about Tarzan, and why is your head about to explode? All right. Alexander Hamilton High School in Elmsford, New York, Decided that they were going to, as their spring musical, they were going to perform Tarzan. They were going to do the musical, the 2006 Phil Collins version based on the 1999 Disney movie. This was not an adaptation of the 1912 book. It wasn't an adaptation of the Johnny Weissmuller movies. It was the 2006 musical. And so what you had is you'd have all these different kids who would, you know, try to try to land roles in the school's production. All right. Just days before the tryouts, administrators announced that the Tarzan project was not going to be allowed to be put on. All right? Why? Why, why, why? Well, apparently what happened was two, two parents, two parents complained about the original storyline behind the book Tarzan and the Apes. Um, Specifically... They were concerned that you might have children of color who would be on stage in... They they have singing animals. (laughs) I guess they they have... It's it's Disney. They have speaking, singing animals, some of whom the characters are gorillas, because, did I mention Tarzan was raised by gorillas? So the parents were troubled by the possibility that non-white students would appear on stage as apes. They were worried about the portrayal of the students in terms of the students of color and whatnot. not. <sighs> Also, the same parents who were worried that some of the parts, some of the animals that they might play, hey, what if a person of color, what if a minority child gets, like, one of the singing parts as a gorilla? How terrible is that going to be? Oh, won't that be horrible? That and the concern, well, you know, even if it has nothing to do with the 2006 musical that we are putting on, if you go back and you read the 1912 book, you might see certain racist elements. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm sorry, this is absolutely insane. The, the, this idea that you have the, these PC warriors who are out there trying to find things to be offended about. Yes, I guess it is possible that you will have people in this production who are playing singing animals. All right, that that's that's true. And yes, I guess it is possible that you might have, for example, some African-American children who are, since there's going to be a lot of gorillas that are cast on the scene, that there will be some white people who are cast as gorillas and some black people who are cast as gorillas all singing to the Disney tunes. 414-799-1620, that is the Accunate Mortgage Talk and Text Line, is this concern a basis to cancel a show like this? And at what point in time are we going to stand up and say, you know, there there is a freedom of speech in this country. And because you have one or two, in this case, parents who decide to voice these weird concerns, and this is a weird one, in my opinion, that you're going to cave into this. Should the school have done away with Tarzan? And I guess my question then becomes, if you're going to do away with Tarzan, does this mean that any sort of performance where, I don't know, the the kids, what about cats? Can we not do cats anymore because you're going to have black cats, you're going to have white cats? I mean, where do we stand now in 2019? 414-799-1620, is this a basis to cancel the performance of Tarzan? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: 414 799 1620. Jeff, it's ironic when people try to be sensitive to racial issues and end up reinforcing terrible stereotypes accidentally. Jeff, it never ceases to amaze me how silly and ridiculous people can be. I will never in the rest of my lifetime get used to that people can be this ridiculous and crazy. I'm with you. My head is ready to explode. I can't take this anymore. People are just crazy with what they're offended by. They really desperately need to get a life. Jeff, I think the parents who suggested other people might be offended actually are the ones who are being racist by assuming that everyone else is going to think that the Americans of African descent were cast as apes purely based upon the color of their skin. A- absolutely. And, and, and what about what about the flip side of this? What if we were to say, all right, we're not we're, we're putting on this performance, but we're we're not going to cast African American children as some of the, the apes because you know, we don't want people to have you know we, we don't want people to make a racist connotation. I mean it's it is a play. I mean, where, where do you draw the line? How much are we going to sanitize things? What about, and one of our textures makes the point, what about the musical Peter Pan, right? You know, you get Peter Pan. You remember when he ends up in Never Never Land, who, who are the enemies? Who are the adversaries? Well, you've got the pirates, and then you've got, oh, the Indians. Sorry for those folks out on the Menominee Falls school board. Okay, so, you know what, can we not... Cast Native Americans as the "quote unquote" Indians because you know somebody somebody is going to be offended. I mean, that, look in this particular situation, my guess is it's it's a Disney play. Okay, so there's really nothing controversial in this. And you know, if you had, let, let's say it again, I, I I've I've never seen the musical, so. I mean, I, I, but my guess is probably Tarzan's mother, that character, that's a gorilla. It's it's probably one of the lead spots. So what happens if that goes to, you know, an African-American child? Well, who cares? You know, are, are people going to look and they're going to say, OK, well, that's that plays into this racist stereotype of an African-American child and a gorilla? Or are they going to say, hey, this is a really talented kid who can sing and can play one of the lead parts in Tarzan? Let's talk to Lynn in Milwaukee. Lynn, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
5: Good afternoon. Um, I'm so right with you. I'm so very tired of everyone that um, has not got a life and spends what they do have uh, looking for issues that would go along with all the positive things for 100 years that we've been seeing. My grandchildren are in the theater, and we are so blessed. That they have been brought up not to see color and creed, but to see the wonder of a program. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just am saddened. I mean, I was I was distraught when they did not play *To Kill a Mockingbird*, my very favorite movie, one I've watched with each of my grandchildren. Right. Um, (laughs) These are this is history.
1: You know, well, well it's also you, from a, it's a casting director's nightmare because now you have to we have to sanitize the plays. We have to choose plays. We have to cast people, not necessarily based on talent, but based on, gee, the, the lowest common denominator. Will somebody in a crowd of 300 be offended because, hey, that the lead animal in the Tarzan musical is played by a black person oh my gosh how terrible was this instead most people are going to look at it and say boy what a talented what a talented kid that is playing Tarzan's adoptive mother
5: (laughs) and and the words that you use the most most people are going to see that so why is it that the um, minority of these people that raise havoc with um, something like this always get their way i mean why do we
1: even have to yeah talk about it? Uh, well right no it, it's what i always talk about i mean the tyranny of the minority that the fact that you know you have that that one squeaky wheel and that's why i started off this discussion lynn by saying it was two parents it's it's not like you had the entire right. community or the kids right. that were protesting it was it was two parents who my guess is probably never even saw the the musical you know, of, of Tarzan. It's a Disney thing, for goodness sakes.
5: Yes, and if you if if you yourself haven't seen a musical, um, my granddaughter's in Newsies, and that is a wonderful program, and you don't see colors, and it's it's just it's. So mm-hmm. sad that we even have to talk about these two people,
1: Lynn. You 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 have Lynn. You have uncommon common sense. Do either you or anybody in your family or friends play golf? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I tell you what, I've got, you're, you're my caller for the day. Uh, Gru is going to put you on hold. You're going to win a $25 gift certificate to Sticks in Germantown. You can use it. You can give it to your husband, your kids, your grandkids, your friends, whatever. Um, but it's a wonderful place. So, for, I, I'm rewarding uncommon common sense today, Lynn, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Merry, Merry Christmas. Grew, would you put her on hold? All right. Got it. Because and get get her information. If I put her on hold, I'd, I'd hit that button, and then she would be gone. We're going to be doing that. I get the, the good folks. It's the 12 days of Stixmas. They give me a gift certificate to give away each day to the caller that particularly tickles my fancy. And, and Lynn was it today. That, that, that You know, she raises that, that interesting point about what... Where does art come into this? Because I I guess there's just... There's so many plays and so many performances and so many movies and so much of theater and so much of musicals that if you want to try to analyze them from, gee, I, I want to be offended by this. How can we have this person singing that song? You shouldn't be allowed to do that. Or you, you do see that around the holiday times, of course, where you have the whole deal where, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, we th- this is an offensive song or that's an offensive song or whatever. I mean, seriously, can't we just lighten up and figure out what is important and what's not All right, back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is The Jeff Wagner Show. And now,
1: WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Melissa, if if I could give you some some life advice from somebody who's who's older, Mm -hmm. perhaps, not necessarily wiser, but definitely older, it would be never let yourself get really out of shape because then if you're trying to get yourself back into shape, it's just you just hurt. it's hard. To, oh to, yeah. Today today was my uh today's my was my, my personal trainer. So 7:30 yeah. this morning, the alarm goes off at 6:30. I roll my chunky butt out of bed, you know, kind of <laughs> Yeah. You know, Put, you you know, get there, you know. Right, ex- exactly. Take the dog out, you know, and then try to sneak out without waking up my wife. And I go across the way. Uh, the health club is right across the street from where we live, and you know, kind of get there, spend a half hour on the treadmill, mm-hmm. and then the trainer. Then I meet Jason. <laughs> <Yes. Then laughs> is this your I, first time with him? No, 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 oh, no. You've this been is with him? this is the third. No, like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I could barely move afterwards, and then then two weeks ago, we worked different muscles, and I was sore, but I could move, and. This one, we worked even different. So what happens is they build on things. So like – you know like these exercises I did 2 weeks ago, well now we're doing those but we're adding different elements to it, you know, so you're you're building this whole thing up.
6: So it seems like Fran secretly or not so secretly is trying to get you ripped. Right. <laughs> get that's, that washboard ad that, that she always that, wanted, that, right?
1: That, that's that's well maybe maybe, maybe that's it. In yeah. that case, well it it is funny cuz she said, "Okay, well you're doing this once a week. How when when are you ready to start doing this twice a week?" Oh. And I'm going, "Oh my <laughs> oh, god. god." You know, she is
6: whipping you into shape. Uh,
1: well I, or, or Jason is, or, or whatever. Oh, yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like uh, it's it's sort of like my motivation is I wanna I, I want to be able to hit a golf ball farther. So we're working on. There's a lot of that that core type of stuff That's that good. we're doing. But it's it, it's I, I'm sore because I'm sore right now, and so I know that if I'm sore a couple hours afterwards, that means yeah, that tomorrow. several <laughs> hours from now. So Gru, you know you're thirty. Don't let yourself get into, you know, 30 years from now, don't let yourself be in bad shape. So continue so doing this stuff.
6: Tomorrow, Grew, we may have to physically go over to Jeff's house and roll him
1: uh, out yeah, of bed. Or, or, or <laughs> well, or you might have to pull me out of the chair oh, and stuff true. like that. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> no. So, no, we're, we're, we're working hard. And by the way, we've started a whole debate on the, um, on our Twitter line or my email thing about pajama, oh, pajama. versus pajama. pajama. <laughs> you know, and the, the answer is both are acceptable. And, and, even if they weren't both acceptable, don't send emails to people complaining if they say one or the other.
6: You know, yeah, it's you know, a little ridiculous, but oh, you know, no, pajama, pajama. It, it, uh.
1: I, either one works. We know what we're talking about. Those things that you put on to sleep in. That's okay, right. I um, we we have been talking on this program repeatedly about the, the whole issue of of Tent City, the people that were living under the freeway overpass, and, and my position all along has been. You you can't allow that to happen. And I think the majority of, of you would agree with me on that. And, and I candidly, I, I mean, you've got all sorts of issues. First of all, the, the neighbors, the neighborhood has an issue with not allowing the, the community to be overrun by homeless people. That's number one. Number two... I don't think you do people any favors by allowing them to set up these kind of tent communities where you've got poor sanitation and you've got drugs and you've got violence. We're not doing anybody any favors. The flip side to that, as I have always acknowledged, is you have to have places for people to go. And if we're going to say you can't camp over the under the freeway or you can't camp in the parks or you can't flop on city streets, there has to be alternatives for people. Now, obviously, the best alternative is some form of permanent housing where the, the people can, you know, you just have a, a home or an apartment or some facility that you can go to on a regular basis. That's the ideal situation. Unfortunately, we're, we're not at the ideal yet. And so you're always going to need some temporary housing for people to get them off the streets. And in particular, once the weather gets bad, you got to have an option for people, a place where people can go overnight so they don't freeze on the streets. That's just that's just the reality. And so when we talk about, like, no more tent cities and no more flopping on, on the sidewalks, we also have this conversation about, okay, where, where are we going to allow people to go? And it is particularly acute during the winter. They've got to have a spot to go. All right, what Milwaukee is considering doing and what they want to do is they want to take the Wilson Park Senior Center, Which is on the south side. It's like 26th and Howard, if you can imagine. If you're not familiar with the Milwaukee area, if you're driving on I 43, you're heading, you know, south towards the airport. Howard is about, you know, two or three exits up from that. And then you would go west about 20 blocks. And that would be, you know, then you'd be on 26th and Howard. It's the Wilson Park Senior Center. Right now, as it stands, there is only one, quote-unquote, overnight warming room on the south side, and that's at a Presbyterian church. So what authorities want to do, what Milwaukee County wants to do, is they want to offer the Wilson Park Senior Center As a location for the city of Milwaukee and the Milwaukee County continuum of care to use as a warming room on the south side. Okay, so this would be a place that people could go overnight. Now, the senior center, the the way it works, it's open. uh, Let's see. It's open from about like 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning till 4, okay, um, till 4.30, right, okay, it's normally open 8.45 in the morning to 4.30 at night, and they have all sorts of programs where, you know, seniors go, and I assume they provide meals and stuff like that, But it, but it's a daytime thing, so it's like 8.45 until 4.30. What the proposal is, is to say we're going to use this as a shelter and we're going to do it essentially from 7 at night till 7 in the morning. And we've got a capacity of about 40 to 50 single men and and women. So that would be the deal. The seniors who are coming for the program activities, they would never interact with the folks who are, are staying overnight. So you might say, well, okay, how would this work logistically? And the way it would be proposed is that, um, you'd have people from the city or the county or that work with this group. They would, if they, if they see people that are like on the streets or stuff, seven, eight o'clock at night or whatever, they would pick them up. They would drive them to the senior center and, and drop them off. They stay overnight. They get tossed out, tossed out as, is it too harsh a word? But they get tossed out. They 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 have to leave at seven o'clock in the morning, and apparently they'd be given bus passes or things like that. So there'd all there would be little or, in all likelihood, no interaction between the people that are going to the senior center that doesn't open up till eight forty-five in the morning and the people that are staying there overnight. Right? That that's kind of the plan. This has generated an incredible controversy. Um, last night, you had this hearing. Wilson Park seniors speak out against plans for warming room for the homeless. Dozens of vehicles in the parking lot at Wilson Park Senior Center hinted at scores of people inside. This is the Journal Sentinel story. Corridors buzzed with the slow moving foot traffic, traffic of attendees, many using canes and walkers. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Several dozen moved in unison in a line dancing cast. Most of the seniors don't like it. You're going to turn our beautiful senior center into a homeless encampment like 6th and Clybourne, said one. All right, let's tee this up. 414-799-1620. That is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. The seniors, many people are just absolutely outraged that you would use this public facility, Overnight as a place to allow people to stay and get out of the elements. Do they have a legitimate point? 414-799-1620, that is the Accurate Mortgage talk and text line. I'll tell you where I come down on this, but I am curious as to your reaction. Heck, I'm not going to wait, make you wait during the break. I think this is actually a good idea. And I understand that people could be afraid and concerned about this, but you know what? If we're concerned about doing away with homeless encampments and things of the like, we have to provide places for people to go. And this seems to be a reasonable alternative. And candidly, my guess is the seniors that are using this program during the day, they will never, ever see any of the people that are there at night. I think this is a reasonable solution. What do you think? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Something new is coming to WTMJ.
2: I've just been handed an urgent news story, and
1: I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
0: We're getting a new phone number. We'll have some new digits for you to call to talk with your favorite WTMJ personalities. Keep
1: listening for more details to come. Gentlemen, Christmas is knocking on the door. Are you still looking for that special gift for your wife, your girlfriend, or maybe your daughter? Um, well, you're looking for that gift that will put a smile on her face? Well, treat her to the very best this year. With the world's softest pajamas from Pajamagram, or Pajamagram, as some people say. America's PJ experts for over 15 years. Because the world's softest pajamas are lighter than a cloud. They're softer than a bunny. They're like cashmere, only better. Your significant other, your wife, your girlfriend will love the way they feel, the softness, warmth, and the comfort. Plus, listen to this. Every Pajamagram includes free gift packaging. That's like icing on the cake for you because it means you don't have to wrap a thing. They're also backed by a 100% Lifetime guarantee, so you risk nothing and delivery by Christmas is guaranteed. So get her something special she'll really love. Matter of fact, my wife, Fran, has a couple pairs of Pajama Gram pajamas. She loves them. You can do this and you can take care of the hardest person to shop for on your holiday list. Do it today. Cross that off the list. To get the world's softest pajamas, it's easy. Here's what you do simply go to their website, pajamagram.com. Do it right now. You'll see a whole selection of different choices. That's pajamagram.com. Do me a favor. Tell them Jeff Wagner sent you.
4: Let's talk for a minute about stock market volatility. Hi, Rick Edelman here. You can expect to see market volatility, but don't let it frighten you out of your investment and retirement accounts. Now, I'm not making light of volatility. We get it. It's unsettling. But volatility is really simply a routine part of long-term investing. And the best way... For you to avoid stock market volatility, don't have all your money in stocks. That's why here at Edelman Financial Engines, we're careful to give our clients highly diversified portfolios, placing only a portion of assets into stocks. This helps give you the confidence that stock market volatility is really nothing to get concerned about. We've been helping thousands of clients just like you for 33 years. So come talk with us at Edelman Financial Engines and let us help put your market worries aside. Call us at Triple Eight Plan Rick. That's triple eight plan rick. Or visit us at rickedlman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 414 799
1: 1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, I look I I, I, I understand that know, we, we don't want to confront the issues of homelessness, okay? But here you have a public building. In this case, it's the Wilson Park Senior Center. Right now, there's only one other overnight warming area on the entire south side. The deal would be the senior center, it's open from like 845 to 430. They would use it from 7 at night to 7 in the morning as a place to provide overnight shelter for 40 to 50 homeless men or women people you know who showed up at this hearing yesterday they're saying well they're concerned that you'd be bringing drug users and people from other areas of the city who would roam the neighborhood during the day germs and diseases that would pose a risk to seniors with weakened immune systems bed bugs etc etc really That is the AccuNet Mortgage talk and text line. Uh, Jeff, I agree with you. It's an excellent idea. Do the seniors think that this is some sort of old folks country club? Open up your hearts, people, especially the senior citizens. yeah. I, I mean, uh, Jeff, instead of adding more trolley money, use the money for building a nice big shelter for the homeless with a couple of restroom showers and a kitchen. Maybe get a nonprofit to get food and cook. I know it sounds kooky, but I bet it would be cheaper than adding the trolley cars. Well, no, I think I think that's that's always a valid thing. Um, but, you know, the, the, the bottom line is it's a public building. So, I mean, it's not like you're talking about you know, commandeering a, a private place. It, it's a public building. And I understand, I guess, maybe some of these concerns that are there. But to me, this is a no-brainer. It, it just is. It's a public building. You've got a multi-use type of thing. Um If you have situations developing around the the neighborhood and the idea is they're going to be giving people bus passes there's really not a lot by you know in that area so I mean I suspect that the people are going to go back to you know where they're used to hanging out but this is a situation where you know they'll be bringing them in then they'll be having them go on by seven o'clock in the morning I mean my guess is in the real world you know nobody that's using the Wilson Park Senior Center during the day is even going to realize that there were people there you know at seven o'clock in the morning let's talk to karen in st francis karen you're on wtmj karen
3: i think the facility should be used for people who need shelter why not if it's empty put it to good use and use it Mm -hmm. um
1: Okay, well, Karen, let me uh, let me just share an email with you I just, that I just got. Congratulations. When they leave bedbugs and whatever other vermin they carry in with them, I suspect you'll be the first in line to help debug the building. <laughs> okay, well, I, I mean, okay, it's, it's it, the, the homeless are undesirable, so how dare we allow them into this senior's center?
3: Well, I feel like, how would you like to be in their situation? Well, it's not always people who... Yeah. Don't want to work if they lost their job and they can't find employment, yeah. and they're outside freezing. Yeah.
1: Right, huh? we we they have That's to go. Really. Right, we 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 have to put people somewhere now. And and again, see, I'm I'm with you. It's a public facility. It, it's apparently equipped to handle forty to fifty people. It's not like we're commandeering a private building. I mean, why why not put this to a a double a double purpose i mean i guess that's that's how i look at it because people have to go somewhere if we don't want them under the freeway overpasses we have to offer alternatives
3: exactly and the senior citizens who use the facility um don't own it it's not like you know say your own home and you're afraid to let somebody in or whatever that's silly these are all human beings and we're all We're all brothers and sisters. Well,
1: I mean, again, it's a public, I I come back to this, that it's a public place. And so it's a it's a different sort of issue than if it was a private sector type of thing it's a public facility and yes they're they're looking to try to you know multitask it but the the, the seniors who use that they don't have any a greater right to that building than I, I guess I would say the the other the homeless people that they're bringing there on a temporary basis overnight I mean it's it's a public facility nobody gets nobody nobody is more important than anybody else are they
3: no. No, that's it. We're
1: all equal. Thanks, for the call. I appreciate it. And I guess, and look, and I, I I understand the sentiment. And, and if I was somebody that was patronizing that place on a regular basis, I, I think maybe I'd, I'd be saying, well, I don't know, how is this going to work? But I mean, my answer would be, why don't you try it out and see? And if it turns out that there's real problems and that, you know, what happens is that everybody who stays there overnight then decides to loiter around outside the building and shoot up heroin or something like that, well, then 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 you intervene. Then, then you deal with it. Actually, um, in the story in the Journal Sentinel, they quote one of the guys who actually his wife attends line dancing classes at the center, and he says, I'm really scratching my head to understand what the opposition is. I believe if you continue to come to the center during normal hours, you're going to be oblivious to the fact that this was even going on. I I guess that's how I kind of look at this, too. But the bottom line is for everybody who complains, like I did, about allowing the tent cities to pop up, you've got to have alternatives. And until you can get permanent, full-time Housing, to the extent you're ever able to do it, you're going to have to come up with some temporary solutions. And I think at least for 40 to 50 people who, you know, might be living close to the south side, this is a superior alternative to, I don't know, flopping in alleyways. And why not try it if it turns out that it's really it just doesn't work and it's incompatible and you have all sorts of problems? Well, then you can move to plan B. But until you know that Plan A doesn't work, why not? This is Jeff Wagner.
0: This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: Earlier on in the program, my producer, Gru, and I were talking about Snapchat and the connection with a different sort of story. And I I commented, I, I don't use Snapchat I have a Facebook account that I, I don't use at all. And I use t- Twitter for work. My wife is on she's on Facebook, but but never for politics or anything like that. She uses Facebook to keep track of friends and you know they, oh gee, so and so is in Phoenix or, or things like that. It purely, purely social. But we know people. Who who don't limit their use of Facebook, for example, to to purely social stuff. And uh, a lot of a lot of acquaintances of mine on both sides of the aisle, what they do is they, they get really kind of political on Facebook. And I mean, I don't care whether it's the right or the left. I'm sort of like, huh, is this really what you want to do? Which brings me to a story in the Wall Street Journal today: how a Facebook political spat ruptured a family. Can Christmas bring peace to a family that hasn't celebrated the holidays together since before the 2016 election? Let me just read you a couple paragraphs here. Members of the Lauren Dean Scanlon family of suburban New Orleans always held differing political views. Some are liberal, others are conservative. Sound familiar? Like many families, they didn't talk politics during gatherings. Then the 20, to 2016 presidential election came, and a flame war erupted among some of them on Facebook. Aunts, uncles, and cousins who once celebrated Thanksgiving and Christmas together haven't done so since 2015. Neither side can remember exactly what post started at all. They couldn't find the old posts and think they deleted them. Both sides recall that Lisa Larendine, a 60-year-old registered nurse, had made her support for Donald Trump known when she shared a post from a conservative account she followed. This offended her sister-in-law, Joan, a staunch, 71, a staunch Hillary Clinton supporter who lives about 35 miles away. So the one gal is 60, the other gal is 71. All right, so you get the picture. The one posts something about Trump. Love and Trump, the other one gets offended because she's a Clinton supporter. It was a comment that Lisa posted the day after election. the election, though, that really set Joan off, resulting in a rapid-fire Facebook exchange that left both feeling hurt. And it goes on to talk about how this feud has been particularly long-running, continuing to this day. And with the 2020 election nearing, it isn't clear if it will ever end. Uh... One says the, the Lisa's son says, last time I saw my dad's entire side of the family was in 2015, multiple aunts and probably 20 some cousins. Um, there have been no real efforts at reconciliation between my mom and aunt. I'd love to see the bridge be gapped, the gap be bridged. But then it goes on to just talk about how, you know, both sides are dug in and the one posted something that the other was offended by, and then she flamed the other person. And now you've got the the families that just literally don't talk to each other. And they used to have these huge family gatherings and now they don't. Now, of course, I operate under this basic premise that I, I think it's important to have convictions and to feel strongly about your convictions. At the same time, my, believe me, my current philosophy of life is that life is short and that, um, as I was saying earlier in the program, it, it's just way too short to get hung up on a knucklehead stuff. And the fact that you, you've got people who see things from a different political perspective, then otherwise they're, they're your family. Otherwise, you'll like them. You, you've got this history together. You've taken vacations together. You've done all sorts of things together. It, it seems to me to allow allow these relationships to fall apart because somebody's a crazy lefty or somebody's a right-wing extremist or whatever, it seems, something, it seems to me that that's silly for families to break up over. But my guess is, particularly in this polarized and tribal climate that we live in, that this is not unusual. Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Have you seen examples of this happening in your own life? And maybe maybe it's with family members. Maybe it's with, you know, friends, people who, you know, you, you grew up with. Um, who now, because we've gotten so invested in politics and, you know, we care so much about these things that they have a different worldview than you do, so you're not part of their group or they're not part of your group anymore. 414-799-1620. That's the Accunate mortgage talk and text line. Do you see this in your life, the and have you experienced this, you know, the kind of like the breakups with maybe it's relatives, maybe it's friends, etc. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. 414-799-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage talk and text line. Let's start with Wayne. Wayne, you're on WTMJ.
2: Hi, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Wayne. I'm good. Uh, what do you I think?
2: Had, I had a, I'll tell you, my brother-in-law, he's a staunch Democrat. And we got in a shouting match, uh, you know, over election, and I just, I don't understand why people can't get along anymore. I mean, when when Obama got elected, I mean, I accepted that he was president, and you know, I didn't vote for him, but I, I just it seems like the country has just gone ballistic. And
1: well, it, there, there's no middle ground anymore. I mean, we, we've always been. We've always been divided. I mean, I've been doing a radio show here for plus over twenty years. So, I mean, I, I I remember the Clinton impeachment. I remember George Bush getting us involved in Iraq. I remember the Obama years and the Trump years. But it does, it does. I think you're right. I think it it's gotten it's gotten progressively worse. And that to the extent that the fuse was smoldering for the last three presidents, it's really ignited with President Trump. Yeah. And
2: I think it's just going to be worse, worse again with the, the commercials that. You see that uh, that guy in New York is running.
1: Oh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg, yeah, yeah,
2: and it just you know, and he's he's like the eighth richest person in the world, and Trump isn't even listed on there. You know, and they want to go after billionaires.
1: Yeah, no, thanks. I guess, I guess the 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 bigger point is, and and look, it's it's no secret about where my politics lie. I I have lots and lots of friends and relatives. Who are more conservative than me, and I have several who are more liberal than me. And I I don't, while we've disagreed about things from time to time, we, we, we don't talk politics. That, that, I mean, we know we've been able, we've been able to do that. Now, I know many of them listen to the program and they probably kind of grumble at some of the things I say and they agree or disagree, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to be friends. I would hate to lose friendships. I, I would hate to throw away decades of experiences. I mean, light, again, light, life is short. I'm reading this story. I feel bad for these people that, you know, you, you've you had now the two sides of the family just don't talk anymore and haven't talked for four years and probably won't talk ever again unless they can get over this. Debbie in Elkhorn. Debbie, you're on WTMJ.
5: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hi, Debbie. I am a political pollster. Okay. I have lost friends and family members over it. And I've learned to not post on my page, but I go to the sites that are citing information and post there. Right. So that way, if you're not looking, you won't be offended.
1: Well, well, right. And and I mean, I guess my my guess is you you probably know that there's some family or friends who don't have the same worldview that you do, right? They just don't agree with you. Very correct. Right. So, see, I, I think that's smart because you're you're. In all likelihood you're not going to bring them around. They're not going to read that post and say, "My god, I see the light." You know, instead they're just going to get hacked off. And so, I think you're smart. You know, you are still expressing your first amendment thing, you're posting where you want to post, but you're you know, okay, you're you're not you're not prompting an argument with, you know, friends or family who you know are going to disagree with you.
5: I agree, but I think the real sad thing in today's world is a fact when I grew up was a fact. It was sourced it was, you know, you could point, right. you could look and say that, sure enough, it's a fact, where today, depending on what news source you watch, right. facts are vastly or alternative facts, well, not the same. And you can't find the fact. Where could you find the fact?
1: Right. No, it, and there's no question about it. it. It's it's a whole it's a whole different world out there. No, thank Thanks for the call. Jeff, I've noticed this as well, even as far as being deleted off Facebook. By by family, um, yeah. I mean, there there is that element. And again, I have I have friends who uh, again who use Facebook again to to, to express their their opinions. And, and you have a right to do it. But what I always say to a couple of them is, do you realize? You know, when when you send out the and again we're we're very polarized in this society. I get it. When you send out the okay, Trump is the Antichrist type of stuff, that's especially when you're you know you're directing it to an audience of friends of yours many of whom don't agree with that or the flip side too you know trump is the greatest thing since canned beer you you understand that you are going to be provoking people for a reaction and you understand that there have to be consequences. And again, I keep coming back to this notion that, you know, life life is short. Is that what we really want to do? And do you really want to get into a situation now now, maybe you've never liked your cousin your entire life, so you don't you don't care if the cousin's hacked off at you and isn't going to show up. But is this is this really what you want to do? And and nobody's saying that you should back down on your your opinions. And nobody is. But it's It's a decision that you make, and you should understand that there's going to be consequences regardless of where your politics are. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Okay, so what destroyed this family? Okay, so Lisa is the conservative. Joan is the lefty. Joan's youngest daughter had been born with uh, cerebral palsy, later died from leukemia and was an advocate for people with disabilities. Okay so, Joan, that's the liberal, couldn't believe it when her sister-in-law showed support on Facebook for Donald Trump, saying this is a guy who mocked a reporter with a disability during a campaign speech. The fact that Lisa, the conservative, didn't disavow Mr. Trump for that, the lefty said felt like a stab in the heart. Lisa said she was hurt that Joan turned her support for Mr. Trump into something personal. The day after he was elected, Joan, that's the liberal, said she wrote on Facebook that she was afraid for the country. She said, Lisa typed a reply, don't be a sore loser at which point in time both agree that's when things get ugly she comes back this is Lisa the conservative she comes back with this firestorm saying what a terrible person I was brought up the episode of Trump picking on the reporter with the disability how could I support him didn't I love my niece I was shocked I love my niece very much I typed something like that how dare you say something to me like that at this point in time we are off to the races joan that's the lefty uh said i ripped her to shreds i went into complete attack mode it was awful it didn't occur to me what are you going to do when you see me at christmas or what are you going to do when you see them at christmas yeah you think well the answer is i guess they haven't seen them at christmas for the last several years and i I, i'm not here to preach okay that's not it but What's our memo and what's our motto? Life is short. And so I, I understand we're all passionate about this. I love the fact that we are passionate about these things, even if we do not necessarily agree about stuff. But just remember, maybe there's, there's more important things than the political issue of the day. And I do think, especially when you're dealing with family and friends, it's a fair question to ask. All right, this is what I want to respond. This is what I want to write. But how am I going to react when I see that person at Thanksgiving, or I see that person at, at Christmas, or, or whatever? I've told this story before. I always I had a law professor, Jim Giardi, passed away a couple of years ago. And and Jim was just a a great person, a great lawyer, veteran. He was D-Day plus three, D-Day plus three. But he, some of the advice he gave me that I really took to heart, he said, look, when when you're practicing law, there's going to be something that somebody's going to do that's really going to tick you off. And he used a different phrase, but we'll just say tick you off. He said, my advice is when that happens, write a letter. Now, this is back before email. He said, dictate the letter, say whatever you think, but don't send that letter out. Put the letter in your top drawer, wait till the next day, and then read it again. And if you still feel that same way, send it off. But my guess is, you know, by the time you've calmed down a little bit and you've said, you know, okay, you're going to change the tone. Maybe you won't, but that's some of the best advice I'd ever gotten. And I always... I always think back about that and when I tend to want to respond to something on email or whatever I'm always I hear Jim Giardi in my head just saying just just wait let it go and and maybe maybe that's how we can all get along on the holiday season speaking of the holiday season quick reminder during the 2 o'clock hour of tomorrow's program we're going to be doing a mini kids to kids radio marathon. We're going to have representatives from Capco and the Kids to Kids Christmas campaign. They're going to be here, they're going to be answering phones. Yes, we have kids that are answering phones and and we're going to be soliciting donations if you can find it in your heart, keep your credit card handy, send, you know, call in, make a donation. We will use that to then purchase toys thursday we're on the road my show will be originating from the sentry store in delafield right by the freeway it's our kids to kids collection toy collection drive and then saturday is the big final event at capco but first things first tomorrow during the two to three o'clock hour we're going to again have phone lines open for a radiothon if you can find it in your heart to make a donation i would appreciate that a great deal all right I'm out of time. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to find out what John and Melissa and Greg have on their minds. Not John. John is on vacation. Eric Bilstadt, Cure, Melissa Barkley, and uh, Greg Matzik will find out what they have on their minds for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Please stick around.